Well, hello there, my lovely listener. Welcome to episode 156 here on the Yours Truly podcast. My name is Claire Tuning. I am your host, obviously. I am also a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, lover of all things peanut butter and jelly, food puns, TikTok dances that I cannot do, and and more. Uh, by the way, before we officially dive in, if there's a little bit of a background noise or a hum on this audio, I apologize. Right before I hit record, the heat in my office clicked on, and I, I gotta be honest, I am in full burrito mode as I record this, meaning I have wrapped myself very snugly in my fuzziest blanket, so I just cannot bring myself to get up and leave my office to turn the heat off. That just seems like a, a lot right now, so we're gonna sacrifice a little bit of the audio quality for my comfort and warmth. <laughs> I hope you do not mind. But I have a couple exciting things to share here with you on episode 156. Not only do we have to do our Goal Slayer post of the week, but we also have to announce our very lucky winner of our Attitude of Gratitude giveaway. And we're going to do all of that here in a moment before we get to the bulk of today's episode. But before we get there, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, whatever that looked like for you. I know if you're here in the States, you likely celebrated last week. If you are Canadian, I have recently learned that your Thanksgiving is in October. I posted a photo on my Instagram story about a week and a half ago putting up the Christmas tree. And I said something along the lines of, I don't typically do this before Thanksgiving, but I really wanna come home after the Thanksgiving holiday to a house that is already decorated. And I put a poll to give people the option to choose between Christmas decor, pre-Thanksgiving or post, and I got multiple DMs from people living in Canada saying that they are always doing it after Thanksgiving because theirs is in October. So if you are one of those people who DM'd me, thank you for teaching me something new (laughs) about Canadian holidays. But I know the holiday season as a whole, be it Thanksgiving or all of the other holidays and celebrations that will happen over the next month and a half or so till the the start of the new year. I know it can be a fun time, it can be a really joyous time, and it can also be a challenging time of year for a multitude of different reasons. So whatever the next month and a half-ish looks like for you, I hope you are finding some ways to take care of yourself and meet your body's needs, whatever that is gonna look like for you. But let's go ahead and let me get my right screen here. Y'all, I'm a one-woman show on this podcast. I have about a thousand tabs. I try to do things in one take, so you're just going to have to bear with me as I click between tabs. But the first thing that I'd love to kick this episode off with is our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. Now, I actually haven't featured a post here on the, the podcast intro in what feels like at least a couple of weeks or episodes, I feel like 
the intros of episodes recently have been so jam-packed with giveaways and other things that I've been wanting to share and I didn't want the episodes to feel too busy at the beginning. So I'm really excited to get back into featuring these posts. And this is one that was posted a little bit earlier this month in November, but I feel like it could be really appropriate for any holiday or social eating gathering where you're maybe hearing or receiving comments from people who potentially are trying to be nice or they're trying to have your best interest in mind but they really don't understand the gravity of their comments or the the impact that their comments can have. So I'm going to read the post and then instead of offering my own response, one of our amazing community members offered a really thorough and a really encouraging response I'm going to read here in hopes that you might find it helpful. So the post itself reads, I asked for support, but I got a triggering comment in return. Basically, my dad told me to restrict slash compensate because I'm not at the weight that I was when I was in treatment. Treatment in this case being um, eating disorder treatment. And then they follow up with any support would be appreciated. So our community member whose comment that I would love to feature reads, It sucks when you seek support and are met with comments that just exacerbate the thoughts and urges. Please know that you always, that you always have complete unconditional permission to nourish yourself in whatever way that you need to, no matter what that might look for you, no matter the body that you're in, because all bodies need energy in every stage of recovery and beyond. Even if other people's eating patterns look different, and even if diet culture and fat phobia have corrupted society's views on health, nutrition, and have wrongfully vilified your eating patterns. Even when the people in your life and other externalities outright endorse disordered eating behaviors. Even when it feels challenging, scary, or adversive, ooh, fun word, to eat unrestrictedly. There are no stipulations and you are always allowed to nourish yourself. Always. There is nothing that can nullify or override that. You deserve to be treated kindly and lovingly and that includes treating yourself kindly and lovingly. Food is about so much more than just fueling your cells for survival. It is also about memories, comfort, sensory, sensory enjoyment, celebration, joy, culture, social connection, and simply taking care of yourself and practicing self-compassion. When you pick up the fork, you're feeding and energizing not just your body, but your soul too. While your dad might not understand any of this or process what you've been through, please know that his comments do not change the fact that you deserve to find peace with both food and your body. So I want to offer a big thank you to not only the individual who reached out for support and posted this in the community, but also to our community member who took the time and the effort and the energy to craft this really caring and kind and 
here's a downright helpful response. So if you have been in or you maybe are foreseeing that you're going to be in situations over the coming months where you need support, you're reaching out for help, but people don't really understand and they're offering comments or advice that is largely unhelpful, hopefully you can return to a couple of the reminders that this poster offered in her comment back. And if you are looking to join a community like this that I mentioned, it is free and open for anyone to join. But if you want to come and hang out with us, knowing that we really, really do our best in this community to keep it completely free of diet talk, of weight centric language, of any of that stuff, then we would love to have you in this community, whether you're looking for support, whether you just want to read stuff like this. I do some live videos in this community similar to you know some trainings once a month so if you are down for any of that and you are not already a part of this community then you can visit my website that is clairetuning.com community and that page will take you directly to the brief application that you will need to fill out in order for my team and I to look things over and admit you into the community. So I hope to see you there very, very soon. You can come and join us. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for, well, maybe not all of you, but at least the six of you that entered into our November Attitude of Gratitude podcast giveaway, I am going to be drawing the winner of our podcast not the winner of the podcast, the winner of the giveaway, there we go, in live time here as I am recording. So I am recording this episode the day before it comes out. So I'm sitting here on the afternoon of November 30th, and maybe you are going to be listening to this on air date December 1st. But I have in front of me a little spreadsheet with everyone who entered our podcast giveaway, and I also have a random number generator pulled up. I've entered one to six, meaning minimum and maximum number. I'm going to click generate here in a moment, and it is going to spit out a number that is going to correspond to one of the individuals who has entered for our giveaway. So a little recap here. If you're like, what the heck is Claire talking about? There was a giveaway. How did I miss it? Well, I have been talking about this throughout the month of November, so if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, then if you stick around for another year, you will have an opportunity to do this next November, but this is just a way that I would like to give back and say thank you to all of my listeners here on the podcast. You all coming back week after week are really the reason why I choose to sit down behind the mic and bring on all of these amazing guests, so I just want to offer a thank you for your time and commitment to the show because it makes all of this worthwhile. And what our lucky winner is going to be winning here in a couple of minutes is complete and free access to my online intuitive eating discovery course. So this course is for individuals who are looking to get started with intuitive eating. They've maybe heard about it and they're wondering, what does that mean? And is that for me and how do I get started? So it's really for you if you want to break up with dieting tools like the scale and food tracking devices. 
It's for you if you want to start reconnecting to your body's cues around food. So think hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. And there's also some information in there on how to challenge the voice of the food police so that you can have eating experiences that are more neutral and connected and overall enjoyable and satisfying. So the course itself, a little recap on what it includes and what our winner is going to get. It includes eight guided coaching lessons and each of these audio coaching sessions are filled with real life tools that you can take and apply to your life as soon as you listen to each module. There are also downloadable PDF worksheets that follow each of these coaching modules that contain key takeaways and activities and journaling prompts to help you set realistic goals and take action on everything that you learn in the coaching lessons. You'll get lifelong access to a private Facebook community just for course participants. This is for asking questions and gathering support, and we have a monthly live Q&A. And I also hang out in there, so any questions you have, you can get them answered. And there's a ton of bonus content that comes along with the course as well. We have a mindful eating exercise. We have a body image healing Q&A with Brie Campos. We have phone backgrounds. We have additional resources guides all of the things. So I'm going to draw our winner. Drum roll, please. And then I'll tell you if you didn't win or if you still would like to have a go at this course, how you can do that. And I maybe have a little gift for you as well. So like I did a second ago, let's get a little drum roll. I'm going to click generate. Lucky number three. Lucky number three is Rachel, mom of twins. So Rachel, if you are listening, if your twins are listening, if anyone who knows Rachel is listening, then I would like to say congratulations. You have won our November Attitude of Gratitude podcast giveaway. So Rachel, I'm hoping you are listening because this is the only place I'm going to announce this. Please send me an email. My email address is claire at clairetuning.com. Pretty easy to remember, just my name at my name.com, <laughs> claire at clairetuning.com. Let me know that you are Rachel if you want to provide a little, you know, proof, however you would do that. I'll leave that up to your creative inspiration, but offer a little proof that you are who you say you are. And then I will walk you through the steps that you will need to take to claim your spot for free in our course. And I want to offer a big thank you as well to the other individuals who took the time to write a review, to leave five stars, to share about the podcast on your Instagram story and enter the giveaway. And if you did not win, or if you're just listening to this episode and you would like to claim your spot in the course and get started, especially if you're looking to begin working on healing your relationship with food throughout the holiday season so that when 2022 begins, you already have some momentum under your belt, you're not starting from zero there at the start of the year, then I would love to help you claim your spot in the course. And if you've been a long time listener of the podcast, you might know that I have a code, a discount code that is specifically for listeners of the podcast. So the code there is just the word podcast, 
all in caps, all together, and you can enter that code at checkout for 10% off of your investment in our intuitive eating discovery course. So the way that you claim that, just go to clairetuning.com slash course. That'll take you to the course page. You can kind of review everything that the course includes, who it's for. And then if you decide that you would like to enroll, enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off of your enrollment investment. Again, congratulations, Rachel, mom of twins. I hope to see you and anyone else who is listening who wants to join our course in that community very, very soon. But now, without further ado, I guess I should tell you what the heck we're going to be doing, what we're going to be talking about for the rest of today's episode. So if you have been listening since, I think, the fall, this past fall is the first time that I chose to do this, but I mentioned then that I am going to be making a little bit more of an effort moving forward to go back to some of the episodes that are in the archives of this podcast. You know, over the past three and a half, four years of doing the show, I have had the opportunity to speak with so many incredible guests that bring so much insight and value and all different types of expertise to us here on the show. And the great thing about podcasts is no episodes are ever deleted. So these episodes live on for forever or for as long as I'd like them to in the archives. That's a benefit. But the drawback is with every coming week as I'm releasing new episodes, the older ones tend to get a little buried and we can forget about all of the information and value that we've already had here on the show. So occasionally, today included, I have been bringing back episodes from the archives, we're doing reruns, and today I'm bringing back an episode from last December. Appropriate since today is December 1st, but from last December with Shira Rosenbluth. And I'll tell you a little bit more about Shira here in a moment, but this episode we recorded with the holidays in mind. So I thought it would be an appropriate time to go back to this episode and review all that we talked about. In this episode, we have a conversation about navigating recovery from chronic dieting and disordered eating and eating disorders over the holiday season and especially during some of those religious days of fasting. I get a lot of comments or questions about that in my DM box, so I thought it would be good to recap that here on the show. In this conversation, Shira also offers some really insightful tips for setting boundaries and shutting down diet talk over the holiday season and in other times of the year as well. So a little bit about Shira, she is a licensed clinical social worker mouthful, an LCSW, if you're familiar with the abbreviation, and she is also a body positive style blogger. In her work as an LCSW, she specializes in the treatment of disordered eating, eating disorders, and body image dissatisfaction using a weight-inclusive and health-at-every-size approach. If you'd like to learn more about Shira and her work, I have all of her information, like her website and her Instagram, listed in the show notes of this episode, so be sure to check that out. And I want to offer a really big plug here for her Instagram. She has an adorable dog. 
She has incredible fashion and she a lot of the time will link where she gets her outfits. And of course she talks a lot about eating disorder recovery, disordered eating, and especially how to navigate that throughout these times of the year that can be a little tricky. So check out Shira and I hope you will enjoy this rerun of our conversation from December of 2020. But without further ado, let's turn this conversation over to Shira. Welcome to the Yours at Julie podcast, Shira. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. I would love to go ahead and get started with some this or that questions. So if you're ready, we'll start with question one. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. First question, cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Not even a question. You didn't even hesitate. You didn't even take no. a breath. It's so funny for everyone listening, like literally right before we hit record, you were like, there might be a dog barking <laughs> in the background. So after you told me that, I had a feeling your answer might be dogs, but figured I would ask anyways. That <laughs> terrified me. Do, do they terrify you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious slightly, a little bit. <laughs> That's... Cats are a little scary. Are you on TikTok at all? Do you like that platform? I just started getting into it a little bit the last few weeks. Okay. Have you ever seen those videos? It's, I feel like it's a, an evergreen trend that will never go out of style, but the trend is you like show your cat peeking around a corner and there's some kind of caption that's like, the chances of your cat killing you is low, but never zero. Oh. <laughs> that's why it's dogs for me. Exactly. That literally proves my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um they give me a little sneaky sometimes. Yes. I'll I'll give it to you there. Uh, second question. This is a beverage question. Do you prefer hot chocolate or eggnog? Hot chocolate. Me too. There's something about uh, eggnog just has a weird taste to me. Not a fan. It's not my thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. me either. So team hot chocolate. Next one. Books or movies? Oh, that's hard. Uh, actually, it's not hard. I think books. I like books. Yeah. Are yeah. you one of those people where you like read a sequence of books or you'll read a book that's been made into a movie and then you'll leave the theater prior to COVID? Like, I'm so disappointed. The book was way better. Like, is that you? I mean, the book is always better, but I'll still like enjoy a movie. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. you there. Uh, next one, rain or snow? <laughs> um this is hard. The pressure. Um, rain, because it's impossible to like the shoveling of your car. And, and I live in New York, so it's just, it's just brutal and it's cold and it's painful. So we'll go with rain. Yeah. Hopefully while I'm indoors in my bed. <laughs> when you can be cozy and you don't have to brave the outside. I feel Correct. like both of them are an inconvenience in their own ways. Like rain can just be kind of annoying. Snow, at least it's like, fun and exciting and it can be beautiful but you're so right if you have to shovel it or go out in it like not only is it more dangerous but it's also way harder to move out of your way (laughs) the one the one fun thing about snow for my like for photo shoots for my blog it's it's Mm. fun it makes a good background (laughs) this is true uh not that you couldn't take a cool photo in the rain i'm I'm sure there are some for that but i have to agree that the fun white backdrop is is cool with the snow yeah okay Final one. Very important. I must know, are you a pancake or a waffle person? Both. They both have their place. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, 
maybe waffle slightly more. This is a very, very serious, like heavy question. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I guess I totally agree with you. They both have their place, but the Mm -hmm. difficulty of this game is like choosing the one. So you say waffles might be like a tick ahead of the pancakes. Maybe. Yeah. But I also love a fluffy pancake, you know? I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The texture of a waffle, in my opinion, is more fun than the texture of a pancake. But The thing that I don't like about waffles is it's really hard, in my opinion, to get an even spread of the toppings. Like, have you ever had that Mm -hmm. moment where you try to spread butter on a waffle and like all the butter goes into one little waffle hole and the other ones are like empty? (laughs) Okay, that is fair. Although I guess if you use like a like a like Nutella or peanut butter as your spread on the bottom, which by the way, I highly recommend, um, that one feels like it's easier to do. True. Especially maybe too, if you keep the butter outside of the fridge, so it can be softer yes. when you're spreading it. That's yeah. the ticket. Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth the extra steps. <laughs> <laughs> Little did our listeners know they were going to get a lesson in pancake versus waffles, but alas, here we are. Um, so now that we've done a little this or that, we've kind of gotten to know you in a fun, lighthearted way. I would love for you to just take a couple of moments and share whatever you'd like to kind of along the lines of who you are, uh, how you've come to do what you do and why you do it. I think we might be hard pressed to find a listener of the show who is unfamiliar with your name, but if there's anyone out there, um, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself. Yeah. So I'm Shira and I am a therapist in New York. Um, I also have a fashion blog. Well, it started as a fashion blog and now I talk a lot more about eating disorder recovery and health at every size and body positivity. I think um, I grew up in a larger body for most of my life and I know what it's like to live in a world that is not very welcome to you, to put it nicely. Um, And just to be on the receiving end of a lot of weight stigma. And so I don't want anyone to ever experience that. And obviously I can't fix the world, but I feel like I have these platforms and I wanna do whatever I can to make this world safer. Um, So yeah, that's what I try to do. So I'm curious, would you say that most of the people who you see in your practice, are they eating disorder recovery? Do you have other specialties? Like kind of what is the the majority of the work that you do with your clients? Yeah, like right now, primarily, primarily I'm seeing um, eating disorders and disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when you see those kinds of stuff, so many other things come into play sure. as well. But I would say primarily I work with eating disorders and disordered eating right now. Okay. And yeah. too, I, I love this kind of piece of the fashion tied into this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, maybe I'm not uh, aware of enough people who kind of combine therapy and mental health with the, the fashion side of things, but which came first for you? I'm just kind of curious. Was it the passion yeah. for uh, working with eating disorders, disordered eating, getting rid of weight stigma? Or was it the I just love finding fun and, and comfortable and fashionable ways to dress. Yeah, so I think, so I graduated school um, 2012, mm-hmm. and I think blogging was just like becoming a little bigger at that point. Um, and I did, I, I had like a six month gap between graduate school and my first job. I very quickly learned that I was going to have to have a fee for service <laughs> job for my first job, which I was fighting until I just get caved and given. Um, so I had this time and I decided to start my blog really just for like a little hobby. 
And then people started being interested in my little hobby and I was very surprised <laughs> and it just became bigger than I thought it would. Um, but I really just started as just it being like a fun fashion side, silly thing, which uh, maybe silly is the wrong word, but it kind of, you know, the therapy piece can be really heavy and intense. So it was just like a fun balance. But over time, the fashion piece, especially as my following grew, like it wasn't enough for me. And I felt like there was so much more I wanted to share and talk about. And so I always talked about like everyone deserves to feel comfortable in their skin. And like I wanted my fashion to be inclusive or as inclusive as possible. But the last few years, I think I really started to talk more about um, just body positivity and health at every size and other things. So I think the fashion piece came first. Um, but then over time, like I wanted more. So. And I have to know, living in New York, did that play a role at all in the love for fashion? Or did you go to New York? I, I don't think I asked you if you were from New York or if you just live there more currently, but how does the, uh, that space plays into it? I don't know. I'm not a New Yorker, but when I think of New York, I think fashion. So. Yeah. I've lived here my entire life. So it's like, that's what I know. So it's so hard to like answer that question, but I really do think that a lot of why I became very interested in fashion is because I was a teenager in a larger body and I didn't have any access to like any clothes. So I think that, um, when I was in my eating disorder and I was in a smaller body, I think all of a sudden I had access to all of these clothes and I was so excited. Obviously, I that's not something that I, I think is worth it in any way, but I did have access to clothes that I never had access to. So I think I became a little fashion obsessed. And then when I started um, recovering and growing back into my larger body, which is just where my body naturally falls, um, we had a few more options than I had as a teenager, but I think I was just very into just wanting to show like just what, what there is, I think, especially for people in larger bodies. But um, I would say that my obsession with fashion just came because I didn't have access to anything as a kid. I had to dress like I was 70 and I was a teenager and I, it was not fun. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you kind of so much for sharing the origin story of not only what it is that you do, but how the, the fashion piece plays a role. For as long as I've been seeing your content and, and following your messages, I've always wondered how the two kind of came to be. And after hearing a little bit of your story, it makes sense why you're kind of combining and educating on both of those pieces. And speaking of your content and a lot of the stuff that you share, well, it's kind of a good segue to the, the rest of the conversation or some other topics that I wanted to get a little bit of your input on. Because as you and I are recording this, like middle November, this is probably gonna go out maybe sometime in December, but you know, we're recording this now. If it goes out, then it's still the midst of the holiday season, right? The holidays yes. are upon us, which I know is a, a lot of what is being talked about on social media now as the multiple holidays that are to come start to approach. So um, a, a couple questions that I have for you along these lines. First, something that I see happening a lot, a lot of my clients deal with, I'll get some questions about on social media is this idea of how do I navigate tricky conversations with friends, family members, I would say random people on the street, but maybe we're not all socializing with them since it's COVID, <laughs> but how do I navigate these conversations with them about food, body, my choices when I, you know, speaking from the perspective of my clients or someone listening, I am trying to get away from disordered eating patterns. I'm trying to distance myself from that. But the people who I am in conversation with are very much 
still trapped kind of in that diet culture lens. So I'm sure there are many, many ways to answer this, but I'd love to kind of get some of your thoughts and input on how people can approach those conversations in ways that are protective of their energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's actually such a good point that you put it that way, because I was actually just thinking, how much energy do you have? Because that really answers like so much of that question, because I feel like people learn about haze and then they're like, and everyone has to believe this and understand this because once you see it, you're like, how does everyone else not see it? And it's frustrating when the people that you love don't see that. And so, and so I think it's so important to consider the fact that you don't, and you can't, unfortunately make everyone see what you see. And so if you spend your time trying to educate everyone on health at every size and and anti-diet conversations, you are going to burn out. But then there are times where it's important to you if maybe it's a certain family member or friend where it is important to have that conversation. So I think it's really important to consider how much energy you have in that moment to educate. And then because sometimes it's, it's you know, and, and the answer is going to be different day to day. So some days are going to be like, I'm going to have this conversation. And some days are going to be like, I'm just going to change a conversation um, because that's all I can do in that moment. And neither is wrong. And both of them are important and useful ways to handle diet talk. But I think it really depends on the day. Yeah. I. I think that's such an important point to make that you can choose either option because you're so totally right. I've had multiple conversations with clients, like say, for example, this is their first holiday season heading into this time of year with this newer mindset, right? A lot of them have voiced to me, like part of me feels that I have to change everyone's mind or I have to stand up and challenge these conversations. But I think you, you couldn't hit the nail on the head more when you said that if we do that all the time, might lead to burnout, might not be super helpful, especially on those days where you might just not be feeling it for whatever reason. So I think it's fair to say on those days, 100% okay to bow out, change the conversation. I always say like the weather is always something that can be talked about. Like if you can't think of anything else, you can direct conversation there. But let's say just kind of for the sake of our example, Maybe someone is faced with one of these conversations, they check in with their energy and they decide, I'm feeling pretty okay today. I think I want to challenge this or I want to set a boundary here. I'm curious from your perspective, because I think this is maybe something that you might cover with your clients, maybe setting boundaries or how the phrasing of some of these things might sound like. So what are maybe a couple examples or maybe a couple tips you could offer for wanting to challenge or kind of push back on some maybe unhelpful comments? Yeah, I think um, it's when you can be honest, it's uh, when you can be authentic and honest in the conversation, it's always useful and important and it can be uncomfortable and feel very vulnerable. But, you know, when you say something like, you know, I'm really trying to work on my relationship with food and my body and these conversations are really hard for me and unhelpful. I think if, if you can do that, that's so important rather than being like, when you do blah, 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 it's, it pisses, because you know, then they automatically get on the defensive. When you turn it to you and yourself, I think the person's much more likely to hear you. Um, and with that being said, I think it's so important to remember that you can say all of the right things and say it so eloquently and perfectly. And sometimes people are so heavily invested in diet culture and you're essentially threatening their entire way that they've lived their lives. So if they get defensive and upset, it's not because you did anything wrong. It's because they're invest. They need to believe in what they believe in. So I think it's really helpful to come up with phrases or to come up with ways that you're going to engage in this conversation while also recognizing that 
sometimes it might go well and sometimes it might not. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It just means that sometimes people can take it in and sometimes they can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Something that I, I will say to my clients often is we have to remember that someone else's comments about a certain food or a certain way of eating oftentimes says way more about them than it does about you. Um, exactly. So I, I really love that reminder of, you know, you can maybe brainstorm some ideas, some phrases, some things that you might say. I kind of call that like, what tools are you going to have in your tool belt, right? Yes. And at the same time, also kind of setting up that expectation that sometimes that might go really well, your point might be made, you might shut down the conversation and other times it might not, but that doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong or that, you know, your point is invalid. I think kind of setting up that expectation is, is really important there. So before I move on to kind of our second topic of conversation, I wish I could find a better segue, but they're kind of related, kind of not related, but <laughs> let's go into it. <laughs> anything else though, you would kind of like to add along the lines of navigating diet talks, setting those boundaries, um, anything else to toss in before we yeah. talk to chat too? I guess like the little things I would say is, you know, Oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. And that happens to me literally all the time. It's like, what a great thought. <laughs> you know, I didn't have my, I didn't finish my coffee yet. And I think that's probably why. Um, yeah. Well, so what we can do, we can always hit pause on the thought. And I don't know if you're anything like me, we're going to hop to the second uh, like topic of conversation and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, it's back. So if you need to, to stop me, please feel free to do so and we can circle back. Um, okay. But second one, this is along the lines of the holidays, but something that I have seen you cover in a lot of your Instagram stories and some of your posts is the idea of religious fasting while maybe one is in eating disorder recovery or recovery from chronic dieting. So what advice would you maybe have for those who are in recovery of some sort and they're maybe trying to decide should I engage in fasting for religious purposes? Should I not this year? Like, I'm kind of curious how you might walk someone through that type of conversation in a general sense. Yeah, I think that for anyone in eating disorder recovery or disordered eating recovery, um, fasting is generally not recommended. It's so important to protect your recovery at any cost that comes first. And in most religions, taking care of your health physically and mentally is essential to, to the religion. And so I think it's really important to consider what fasting can do, even if you're like, it's just one day or it's just depending on the religion, depending what the fasting rituals look like. There's so much opportunity for the eating disorder to take over, for it to not be about fasting anymore, but your eating disorder likes it a little too much, whatever it may be. It might lead to behaviors later. It just can oftentimes set up a cycle. And even if it doesn't, I always wonder like, is this worth just jeopardizing the recovery that you've worked so hard for? Um, and then I think there's so many other ways that you can connect spiritually and, and fast, quote unquote. It doesn't have to be with food. It can be with maybe social media. It could be with, um, I don't know, something that you, like a, a routine that you normally have that you, you know, you might not do that day. Um, it doesn't have to be with food. So I think that's really, I think, it's hard because I'm not a rabbi and I ultimately it's helpful if you're, if you, if for, for someone that's super religious, it's helpful for them to consult with a rabbi at the end of the day. 
but it has to be a rabbi that understands mental health because I think the answer is going to be completely different. And ultimately, as a therapist, like I can't help but saying, like, if you are in recovery of any sort with food, it just you're putting so much at risk. And is it really worth it? Yeah. And I'm really happy that you brought up from like the therapist perspective, because something that I was going to add in before you circle back was like, if you have that professional in your corner, that sounding board, like even taking some of these thoughts or this conversation to them, because odds are that person is going to know the ins and out of your recovery process, where you are, they might kind of be someone who can really ground you in saying, well, here are the possible benefits and here are the possible drawbacks. So I think it kind of goes without saying, but would you recommend maybe anyone who's listening, who's like, I've thought about that before, or I wondered that, like definitely taking this conversation to the professional of their choosing as well. Absolutely. And it's always helpful to have a conversation, explore it a little bit. Um, and sometimes it's helpful for your therapist to connect to the rabbi or whoever you might be talking to for them to get a, a better picture as well. You know, I, I love that perspective of like connecting with maybe someone else from your faith or from your spirituality. I think oftentimes, at least on the provider side, what we hear a lot is connecting with other providers or other professionals. I've never really heard anyone frame it in the way of maybe they could connect to your spiritual leader, your rabbi, as you were saying, your, I don't know, your pastor, depending on what your faith might be. So that's a really cool thought. I'm really happy that you brought that up. And something else too, that I wanted to circle back uh, another thought, another seed you planted in my mind that wasn't there before, the idea of me getting creative and finding other behaviors that you could potentially quote unquote fast from or take a break from if food or if you know abstaining from eating for whatever period of time isn't going to be helpful for you. So um, that's cool. The idea of social media or maybe something else. I'm curious in anyone who you've ever worked with or maybe who you've connected with, have you either offered that as an option? Have you ever had someone kind of take that route instead of the, the food fasting? Yeah, I actually did have a client um, this past Yom Kippur who did um, social media cleanse and actually what we did um, much to her dismay. No, but she, she was so on board and she was wonderful. But we talked about actually making that a day where she challenged her eating disorder and ate like all the foods that were scary to her because that is, that is like the work that she has to do. And that is so meaningful and really does connect her. Um, you know, the more connected you are with your recovery, the more connected you can be to your spirituality. So that was an interesting way that we used the day um, and got creative a little bit. Yeah. And talk about a beautiful way to like honor your body, right? Yes. Uh, like on that day, really challenging to nourish it adequately and maybe eat some of the foods that felt a, a little bit more scary or worrisome. So I love, and I loved watching your smile as you were describing that. I know our listeners can't see either of us right now, but as you were describing kind of that challenge or the way that you got creative with that client there, with such a big smile. So I'm guessing just kind of from reading your body language that that was a, a challenging experience, but hopefully a, a positive one for the both of you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, ultimately like the eating disorder would have loved to use that day to fast and would have loved to use that day to restrict and to engage in all the behaviors that made her safe. And ultimately um, just, yeah, being able to challenge eating disorder was the scary thing to do and was the hard thing to do in that moment. So it was really, it, it just, it made me smile because it's really cool to see my clients do brave things that are hard. 
Yeah. So. Do, do brave, hard things. I yes. Love it. And I think too, your, your answer there and kind of the little anecdote about the client really speaks to the need for individuality and finding what's going to be best for each person in honoring what is important to them and honoring what holidays are coming up. So I think that, you know, really speaks to everyone is unique and has their own unique needs. And of course, the the plug for connecting with your provider and, and having that sounding board again, I think is super important. So yes. here, this has been so fun and so great to connect with you so far. But before we kind of transition to where people can learn more from you, where they can work with you, I have to pause for a moment and ask if the the thought that poofed and disappeared a couple of moments ago, did it ever return or is it gone into the abyss for now? <laughs> so it came back for a second and then it left. <laughs> Don't you love that when it comes back and you're no, like, I hate it. I'm going to remember when oh we're done God. and then it disappears. Well, well, yeah. what we can do then if it uh, comes back post recording, you can just like shoot it to me in a message and I'll type it in the show notes. <laughs> Okay. Sounds good. Here's the thought that she forgot. Here's the, the spark notes version of that. Yeah. Um, oh, I, this is a little thing, but I was going to say that it's really like be, if you have a therapist and you have a team, I think it's really helpful to actually role play, like role play the examples you be. So, I mean, because a lot of times, you know, your triggers, you know, if it's going to be your mom or if it's going to be a friend or if it's going to be your uncle. And so, and you know, the things they've said before in the past. And so preparing as much as you can is so useful and being able to role play examples is important. If you don't have a therapist, you can even do it with a friend that's supportive. So it doesn't even have to be a therapist, but I think it's so helpful to have a plan when you can so that you're not coming in completely unprepared. Nobody should have to do that. And we know that the holidays are coming. So why not prepare as best as you can? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the analogy I used a couple of moments ago about the tools in the tool belt, like 100%. I mean, anyone who is listening to this episode, this is not going to be the first holiday season that they've gone through in their life, right? So yeah, looking into the history, what has been really hard for me in the past, what has been a really challenging conversation, or if I know Aunt Linda always talks about this specific thing, right? Some of our relatives can be very predictive. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know they are for me and my family. So yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. So yeah, I really appreciate that idea of pulling on holidays past, using your provider, or yeah, even the idea of a supportive friend who understands mm -hmm. to come up with those sayings, come up with those comebacks so that when you are in that moment, you can handle it in a way that's going to be as supportive and protective of your energy as possible. So I'm glad the thought came back. <laughs> Thanks for letting it in. Um, but as I hinted at a couple of seconds ago, I would love for you to just share a where people can find you, where they can learn more from you, and also, of course, where they can work with you. What offerings you have right now? Just plug any and all the things. <laughs> So I, for all things fashion related and just social media related, you can find me on Instagram at the Shira Rose or my blog, theshirarose.com. And then for the therapy piece, I am licensed in New York right now. So you can see me if you are in New York and it's Shira Rosenbluth, LCSW.com. Um, I run a couple of groups and mostly treating disorders and disordered eating, but also obviously anxiety, depression, life changes, other things that are going on. You have a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of all the things. So <laughs> all many the things. things. All the things. But um, <laughs> would you mind sharing your Instagram handle one more time? Because uh, of my knowledge, that's like 
the one-stop shop you go and you can find links to just about everything. So that's time. true. Yeah. I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> the Shira Rose. And two, for anyone who doesn't already follow you on social media, uh, they'll be able to ID your page. We were talking about this before we hit record, but like the beautiful, fun colors, it looks very bright and, and lighthearted, but definitely lots of conversations about really important topics there to find as well. Um, but sure, thank you so much again for being here, for sharing a little bit of your time on this Thursday. I am so confident that this episode will be a really helpful kind of push into the holiday season for anyone who might be listening. But our friends here on the podcast, that is all we have for today's episode. So we will go ahead and sign off. Yours, Julie, Claire, and Shira. And that is a wrap for us here on episode 156 of the Yours Truly podcast. I hope this episode got you into the holiday spirit as we inch closer to the end of the year. More holiday talk is definitely to come in some coming episodes, so I hope you're not tired of it yet. But if you enjoyed anything that you heard here on today's episode or anything else that I share here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could take a moment, however much time you're willing to take, and offer a five-star rating and review of the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can tap those five stars and leave a review sharing what you like about the show, what you're learning, or if you're listening somewhere that is not on Apple Podcasts, you can always share the show by taking a screenshot and putting it on your social or maybe sending the link to this episode to someone who you think could benefit from it. But that is all I have for you on today's episode. Thank you again so much for spending a little bit of time with me here today. And until next Wednesday, take care and happy holidays.